Good morning, and welcome to Get In Line with me, Lauren Scott. I'm so excited to have Chris Hayes. He has been a friend of mine for, God, it's been 15 years now, right, Chris? 15 years? Almost a score of years. It's crazy. Uh, He's with Bluffdale Winery in Bluffdale, and welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I guess we should start out. um, Go ahead and shout out your socials. Let's introduce you. Shout out your socials and how how we came about to be friends. Sure. Okay. Well, you can catch me on Instagram at, uh, at Bluffdale Vineyards. Simple. And then uh, on uh, Facebook, you can catch me under my name, Chris, Chris Hayes or the winery, you know, at the Bluffdale Vineyards too. So pretty easy. And if you follow uh, him, he's hysterical. So if you follow me, <laughs> you've seen some of the stuff that he shared, but he is one of my most favorite people to follow. I, I used to love it when I was on Facebook with you, but now I'm not really on Facebook. So I live vicariously through Sean's. <laughs> but... <laughs> well, that's okay too. Sean's an exciting guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I meant by seeing your post. Through oh, Sean's. <laughs> my post. Gotcha. Cause you, I, I've calmed down. I've calmed down since I've been a dad, but I, it used to, you know, when I had nothing to lose, just, I just said things that I would probably make me lose a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part about it, though. It's hysterical. <laughs> All right, let's let's deep dive into it. So how we got together. So I actually met your parents first. Um, I yep. helped. Sean was the very first main sponsor for Granberry's ever first wine walk. The, the wine walk. Yeah, yes. sure. A long time ago. And it was just my folks at the time. I think I was you know, doing my career somewhere else in Dallas. You and uh, I didn't. I didn't come aboard until maybe nine years ago, I think, uh, maybe 10. Uh, and I kind of met you through there. You know, you, your friend, Jure, your husband, well, and your son. Had, your son used to come by a lot. Yeah, yeah, I used to bring my kid to the winery. Don't judge. Don't judge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we lived we lived down the street. We had a 100-acre um, ranch in Toller, and so it was right near the – Bluffdale Vineyards, and then Jure lived on the other side. So we would bring the kids, and it was it was it's a beautiful. It's one of my favorite vineyards, actually, in Texas, ever that I've been. Thank to. you, thank the you. Yeah. View yeah, we and the wine is a hundred percent. But I had worked together with your parents um, on the Granberry's very first wine walk, and then I we did some uh, we did some charity work together too. Yes, then I I was on the children's advocacy board, and that was right when about the time that you stepped into like the marketing role with mm-hmm. your parents. Yep, yep, yep. And we did our retreat out there, and then you have always well, your parents too have always any any event that's in the community that I've reached out for your help. I want to say thank you. A hundred percent because y'all always give back to the community and you're always willing to help. So this is one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on because it's just one Texas wine is a hundred percent in your, in your family's blood. The story is incredible when we get into it, but also because you have been such a huge um, presence in the community through just events that I'm doing, but also just y'all helping out. So I'm glad you're here. Bluffdale is a big, big community. So if you have a business there, especially something that has alcohol related, I think you you accrue a lot of friends that way, and uh, and a lot of people really support you. You know whether <laughs> whether they want to or not, uh, and you feel like you know you have to give back. You know, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, out there it's so small. You know, family. You become family with the friends that you make in the community. <laughs> 
All right, so let's talk about how, um, let's talk about your parents' story on the winery because this is one of my favorite stories. They, they had told me how they came about and how they used to go up and down 377 looking for land. So, oh my gosh. So, okay. Uh, the, uh, we used to live, we're from Flower Mound, uh, and my dad was retiring and, uh, everywhere we ever moved, you know, we moved around a lot in my childhood. He always had a farm, you know, he's from Tennessee. So when we we're in DC, he had a farm in Virginia, blah, blah, blah. So he was ready to retire and he wanted to buy some land and, uh, he was looking down in hill country and it was just, it was blowing up, uh, price wise. So there's, for the amount of land he wanted, it just wasn't realistic. We looked down in Comanche. I think uh, they were finally defeated, and they were uh, eating at the uh, the coffee cup family restaurant in Heiko. And they saw they have a little business pegboard uh, at the entranceway there, and they saw this property in Bluffdale for uh, sale, about 20 acres. Uh, they thought they'd check it out. It was a Sunday. They were heading back from Hill Country. And again, not finding anything. They called the realtor and the realtor's like, it's Sunday. I don't show property. Sorry. They were like, are you kidding me? So like, <laughs> they're about to give up. But the guy's like, well, tell you what, tell you what, there's no gate there. They're just like this arm bar. You can step over it and walk around the property. If it's something you want me to show you later in the week, I'll be happy to meet you later. My parents did that. Uh, they loved it. They loved the elevation and the view. Uh, it wasn't really cleared out, but they saw the potential and, uh, they called the guy that they bought the thing like within within weeks, and uh, you know they'd camped there even though they were still living in Flower Mound, and uh, they got a bunch of goats, you know, to clear the land, and it it was wow. kind of cool. The goat the goats were being eaten by the, you know who the and so we had to get donkeys, and then we found out that two donkeys don't protect the goats because they'll just watch the goats die. You got to separate the donkeys so it's just one donkey. The one donkey, be, uh, you know, befriends the goats and trample, you know, tramples the coyotes. Uh, and so I've seen a lot of wild, wild stuff. Just, just, it's like the you know, wild, being wild a city. Yeah. <laughs> just being initially a city guy, some of that kind of stuff can traumatize you. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it grew from there. You know, they, they had the, the vineyard. They did everything by hand. At, at one point they were corking the bottles one by one. And, you know, they were bringing in before the fruit matured properly you know, which is at least three years they had to buy wine and bring it in and to keep it like the motif uh, southwestern they were bringing in wines from uh, arizona and new mexico mm -hmm. and then uh and then they set up the wine bar where you can as like a texas wine bar where you can buy wine and wines from you know different wineries there because ours weren't made yet and then slowly but surely as we made different wines we would you know we would replace the wine on the shelf that we were selling with our own until it was it became all our wine and eventually all Texas wine. So wow. And so cool. it takes three years from from planting from to like picking Yeah, if you have a three so yeah, uh well it'll produce a little bit of fruit the first year, but it, it won't be very good. It'll be very bitter and astringent uh, fruit. It'll be about three years for it to be soft enough to make a product with. Mm -hmm. But even then, that'll be the worst wine you ever produce. Each year after that, it gets better and better as the vines mature. But you don't want to do it before three years, ever. So let's touch on this because I don't know about the whole world, but that whole area, was it, has it been two years? Has it been two years now, Chris? For the fire? For the fires. Uh, it was last uh, end of March, early April. 
So, so it'll it's all a year and a half, I think. So how long were y'all in um, distribution for from that three year mark to the fires? Ooh, oh, uh, well, let's say we opened as the winery in 04. So this next year will be our 20th anniversary. Um, 19, so about 16 years, maybe. Maybe the vines are pretty old. And how much of that, fi- with the fires that came through, how much of that affected the winery? Y'all, y'all uh, pretty, hit pretty hard. Yeah, pretty much. The The fire, as we all know, is called the Big L Fire. It burned, I don't know, like 10,000 acres or more. I don't know. And uh, I don't even know if it was 10,000 or 90,000. I have a very low, uh, you know, uh, a frame rate on how much how much it burned. But uh, it, it went from 377. Uh, they figured it was started by a cigarette. And it was very windy that day, about 30 mile an hour wind sustained. Yeah. And it went, it blew through the winery. It burned all the the vines and about 85% of our property. And wow. it went all the way up, burned the steps to the winery, all the way up the, the hillside, burned part of the front deck. And that's where the, the firemen kind of won the battle right there. Uh, so it went all the way up to the winery, but, but the, the building was saved. And it's also where my parents live. So, I mean, my, when yeah. my mom evacuated, uh, she went from thinking she would only have the, like, you know, her underwear as her only possessions and her car to actually having it all, you know, the, with the house being spared and all her clothes and jewelry and, you know, wow. computers and things that we need. Yeah. So did with, with as much of the winery that was burnt, are y'all having to rebuild for the next three years? Like, are you having to replant and do that whole situation oh, all, all over again? Or absolutely. It, it's such backbreaking work planting the vines that I, I, I've actually held off. We we're just letting the, the land lie fallow for about a year or two. Cause you don't know with all the ash and stuff like that, what that does to the dirt, you know? So you want to just kind of let it, let it blow off for a little bit. So I'm probably going to start looking at replanting next year. Uh, about about the two year, maybe three, maybe maybe even a year after that three year mark, and then you know you still have to wait three years. But fortunately, we have contracts, you know, up in the panhandle, yeah. so we didn't run out of we didn't run out of uh, resources, so we well, could still pr- produce wines. Yeah, exactly. That so, is so good. The one thing it, because I it don't affected think anybody... our estate cabernet the most. Oh, that's one of my favorite ones yeah. too. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, but I am, I'm sorry that it affected y'all so bad, but we haven't really talked about the business side of it. And I think it's important for people to understand that when situations like that happen, just how much it takes from a business, because, you know, Texas wineries, uh, there's not a lot of information. It's a very closed group. I, 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 uh, or not closed group, but small group of people that are, Mm -hmm. that are involved. And I, I found that by doing the different wine walks and set, and setting them up just how little the community actually is and how they kind of right, help right. each other. I, I, so I wanted to bring up, you know, go support, buy wine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go support it's, Bluffdale and buy their wine and help, help them continue <laughs> to grow. Because I mean, that is a business that, you know, your parents threw everything and, and you have thrown everything into and, it's it's literally my parents' retirement. You know what I mean? They yeah. they uh, while Clinton was you know that whole bubble 
tech bubble, they did a lot of day trading. They, they, they lost a little bit of their savings doing that. They took what was left and that's what they used to invest the, uh, in, in the winery. And so that's literally, but it's paid off, you know, it's, it's, they've been doing it for 20 years, you know, and who could, you know, I can't think of any other thing you could do where it can affect your life that well for 20 years, you know, but, uh, but yeah, the fire slowed things down. A lot of it mainly is a lot of people thought it burned the winery and that the winery was closed when I was still running, I was still running wholesale because we still had our stock in the warehouse mm-hmm. and we were just, we cut our hours where we were open almost every day. We, I started uh, only doing weekends. So like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we kept that way because we had to release a lot of our staff. So we couldn't, we'd be spread too thin if we were open too much. So yeah. we just keep it to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's cut into our, our, our money a little bit, I would say, but also it's made things a little bit easier to, maintain so especially now with me having two kids mm-hmm. i have a lot less time to spend there so it's actually worked out fairly well for me how, how let's let's touch on that for a moment he is a new well you're not really a new father because you have your daughter's it, she's a toddler though right she's she's three she's, she's three, three as of october 1st yeah Ooh, and then you just had a new one and he's only a few months old right? yeah he was born august the 4th so yeah a couple couple months old three months almost three months old now so you're uh, learning that work-life <laughs> balance huh how's that going for you it's not, I'm not good at it. I'm very terrible <laughs> at the work-life balance. Uh, you know, I will say, I will say, and I never thought I would say this, uh, going from one to two kids might be five to 10 times harder mm. than I thought it would be than going from zero to one kid. You know, because yes. with one kid, one that. of the parents could always be free. I could, I could go to Trader Joe's. I could go, you know, the Whole Foods, whatever I need to do. Morgan could watch the kid and switch it off. Now with two, and with the age differences the way they are, and you know the crying the way it is, it's it's really really hard to manage life. But you're working it out, Chris. What what would you say to to the men out here listening that are brand new dads or dads of two under the age of five? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of advice would you give them? Well, you know. Your parents did it, so maybe you can too. No, I don't really, you know, the, the, it's it's one of those things, honestly, where I sit there and be like, man, this sucks. But then at the same time, I'm like, I couldn't imagine my life any other way. You know, so it's, oh, yeah. it's my, my wife, being being with my wife and having my kids, it's everything I ever wanted, you know, out of my life. You know, so how can I really complain? My only job, you know, to me is to make it work and to make it go forward, try to be a good dad, you know, and try to censor my, uh, my mouth as much as I can around my daughter, <laughs> which has been hard because she's a repeater, <laughs> a big time repeater. Um, that's fun. She's so cute. She's adorable. She is absolutely the best, uh, the, the genetically, the best thing I could produce, you know, I, I couldn't produce it. That's the, my maximum. I don't think I could, you know, give any better to the world. So. Oh, that's so <laughs> we sweet. Love her. Yeah. Such a cute family. Okay. Let's, let's keep on talking wine. What would you tell someone okay. wanting to start in the wine industry? Oh, uh, well, it, you know, you'd have to first decide if you want to just do like a winery, if you want to have a, a vineyard. If you want to have a vineyard, 
you know, say a prayer, God bless you. It's a lot of work. It's probably some of the hardest work I've ever done in my whole life. It it is the hardest work I've ever done in my whole life, especially in Texas, where your harvests are in August, which is the hottest time of the year, I feel like, on the planet, you know, and then, and you have to try to get uh, volunteers, you know, to come help you because there's just no way you have 50 people on staff, you know, and there's no way you can get 50 part-timers. It's just so hard. So around that time, you really rely on the community and, you know, they come and help. And even with them, you know, they have a, a threshold of what they can tolerate before they feel like passing out. Oh yeah. So I mean, it's just, I come almost it's hard. every year and I'm, I'm only there on your picking day for maybe two hours. Cause I'm done after that. It's it. It's, it's, it's very hard. And that's just one part of it. After that's done, uh, everyone that helps pick, um, you know, they go and they have a little party, a wine party and eat lasagna. And I've got to crush the grapes and all that in the back. Then afterwards, clean all the equipment. It's a long day. And that's just, that's just that week, you know, uh, throughout the year, you know, you're trying to make sure that, you know, it's not too dry, that they're, they're, the vines have enough water, that they're, there's not enough, too much pressure from pests, you know, and insects and uh, fungus when it rains. It's anything that happens can drastically affect the vine. So if you're planning on having a vineyard, uh, that's a lot harder. Uh, but if you just want to have a winery where you can buy fruit, from say me, or even I can crush the fruit into juice and then sell it to you. And you, you, you blend it or however you like, and you bottle it, then you open up a little tasting bar. That's different. And that, that's uh you know, that's more of a bar bar than it is uh, a functioning uh, vineyard and winery. Uh, so that's what you have to ask yourself. Most people, they do want the vineyard. They want the, the dream, you know, like yeah. the, what they see on TV and, you know, Tuscany and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's very, very hard, you know, so it's, it's hard for people, me not to sound jaded. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people quite understand what that dream costs either. You know, I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here because, you know, we'll be sitting there drinking wine, you and I, or me and your parents talking about it, but it's not something that the normal public gets to walk in, walk in and learn. No, it's a glazed overview of, oh, it's just so much fun and money and beautiful and let's sip our wine on the patio. And, and we can go, I think a lot of it is a lot of people think they can go places and be like, you know, we have a vineyard and winery, you know, so I want to go to Napa and tell them that we have, we do that too. And we can just share and we'll all be friends. And this will just be the greatest community in the world when really you're a farmer yeah. and what for free time you have, you don't want to spend it at another winery. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you it's, it's, yeah, it's it just like I was telling you, it just, it sounds hard not to be jaded. It's just so much work, uh, that I would almost dissuade people from doing it, but it is rewarding at the same time. Cause like when we're sitting there having a drink, most people come in, like, I like this, I like that. Um, but I'm sitting here drinking a, something that, at every step of the way, it's been touched with someone that I love and respect. Yeah, you know, you like with my, your own family's yeah, hands, which is amazing. Exactly, it almost has, it's almost has life when you drink it. You well, know? so funny, to me, was, that's beautiful. I, it is beautiful. I was going to ask you what your biggest obstacle and your biggest accomplishment is, but I think you just nailed it. You know, like uh, yeah, the yeah. obstacle part is the twenty four seven job, and even even still, with your parents living above, they are working. Mm-hmm. All the time. Seven. Like they I don't mean, get they don't get to rest, even though they're resting more nowadays. It's still not. Uh, it's still it's, not rest. Yeah, like, yeah. 
you're still worrying about watering and you're still worrying about soil and you know all the little things that people just don't think about yeah. so and tell, the bills coming you get and the bills you know, coming. it's just all them <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. okay tell us a little bit about the accomplishments that your wineries made because i know that y'all have won different awards and things like that tell yeah tell sure about you, you know so the first one we won a while ago was the uh we actually won uh texas wine lover gave us the distinction of being the best view in texas for a winery not the best view in Texas, be, you know, but but as far as the winery is. goes, we we they gave it to us, and you know, there's other wineries that have opened since then that I could actually say uh, do look better. But uh, you know, I'm happy to you know have that distinction. Uh, another most most of the other because we don't do a lot of festivals, mm -hmm. uh, just because it'll just be me doing it. But the ones we enter, like uh, Grape Fest, we won Grape Fest uh, several times, having for different reasons like the paragon has won best red blend in texas most popular red blend in texas uh nexus has won best sweet wine in texas it's won under red blend category uh the, or a white cliff which is a dry white has won best dry white in texas and it's it's really quite an accomplishment when thinking the wineries that we were going against which are like especially as a, in a popularity contest we're going against messina hoff Bull Lion, all these all these wineries there have tasting rooms about a hundred feet away from the pavilion where the event is being held in in Grapevine. Yeah, and so you know they send all their patrons uh, to go taste the wines and vote. Yeah. And and Messina Hoff is like the begin biggest winery in Texas, and so how they don't win it it all every time is beyond me. For someone, so so for my wines out of Bluffdale, Texas, with uh, like five employees and just me pouring uh, to actually come in first place in anything. It, it's unbelievable. So when that, whenever that happens, I always feel like it's a David against Goliath type issue. And I feel very proud. Well, I've always been proud of this. Yeah. You should, because the wines are, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. There's a reason why I used you at all the events around town <laughs> I, there's a there's a reason the wines are really really good so thank you chris thank you. for being on here with me and giving a little bit of the behind the scenes of what winery life is really all about anytime lauren thank you all right thank you guys and we will see you next week on get enlightened with me lauren scott thanks chris all right bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.